Hello, and welcome to the Library Coven, a bi-weekly podcast in which two bookish besties discuss mostly YA fantasy through the lens of intersectional feminist criticism. Why? Because talking about books is pretty magical. I'm Jessie. And I'm Kelly. And we're here recording episode 82, and this is dedicated to Ray Bearer by Jordan Ifueko. And this story follows Tari Sai, which is, uh, who is a half Eru, half human girl, who is bound by choices her mysterious and mostly absent and very neglectful mother has made. Tari Sai travels to the capital, becomes part of a council of 11 for an emperor, and obviously chaos ensues because things are not as they seem. Obviously the empire is trying to brainwash people and Tari Sai is not here for it. So yeah, excited to talk about it. I enjoyed this book. All right, initial reactions. I read the physical book and it's beautiful, purple and gold. I'll talk about this more in Kill Your Darlings because I thought the book design was like really good. And I enjoyed it. I appreciated the fast pacing. thought the character development and the relationships between the characters were like really, they drew me in. Like I wanted to know what was happening to people. And uh, we always appreciate a duology, not like a, a seven book epic. We love those. Those have their place. But also if it can be said briefly, I appreciate it do that yeah <laughs> i listened to the audiobook which was narrated by Jonice abbott pratt um, and it was fantastic the world felt unique i enjoyed the characters and while this is like kind of almost a chosen one story it did not go in the direction that i would have predicted it would so i really enjoyed it and also caveat i did listen to this like maybe two months ago so hopefully <laughs> my note-taking skills come to my rescue <laughs> you're a professional i'm not worried recommend if you like i left jesse out to dry on this sorry <laughs> i couldn't think of any i was like because it, it doesn't quite fit with children and blood and bone it doesn't quite no. fit with like the gilded ones or witches steeped in gold or like Mm-mm. a psalm of storms and silence or any of these other ones it just yeah so sorry no it's okay i was kind of getting like ella enchanted vibes the movie not the book because i didn't read the book um with like the whole like Terasai having to do this thing that her mom wanted her to do because of like a curse or whatever so mm-hmm. for some reason it was reminding me I know people hate that movie and hate Anne Hathaway but I like that movie and I love Anne Hathaway so <laughs> Get I remember reading the book back in the day and I think I have watched the movie but I don't remember the plots of either like at all so thank you for this reminder you're welcome I think I've watched it quite a few times is it Cinderella is it like that's why it's like Ella Enchanted Maybe I'm just completely so. making this up. Yeah, it's kind of like Cinderella-y, but like she has to do whatever people tell her to do. And she's like trying to, and her mom or stepmom or somebody is like, you got to kill the prince. And she's like, no, I won't do it. And then, you know, curse broken, true love, blah, blah, this blah. This is an <laughs> excellent read and watch alike. You have <laughs> just explained it perfectly. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I would say some like Akamath vibes with the whole like no women Ray Bearer thing. It was reminding me of that. And I was just kind of like, you know, so yeah, I would say those were just some vibes I was getting from the book. They're not like necessarily like read alikes, (laughs) but because they're Bible likes, Bible likes. (laughs) I like that. There you go. There you go. We chose this book. Why? Why did we chose choose it? I feel like it was making the rounds on the show so- socials a few years ago when it came out. This was published in 2020, the first one. Mm-hmm. The cover is also like super striking. And as I said before, we love a duology. Um, 
which is like there are a lot of books to read let's just be honest and if it can be done in fewer words it probably should and I don't say should hardly at all but this is one of those (laughs) things that I'm like you know should isn't necessarily an enemy here because it's like pretty good advice let's be honest we're gonna we're looking at you Sarah J Mass. (laughs) (laughs) time to talk about world building in through the wardrobe there were so many different like regions and traditions and languages that made up the empire of Aritzar. Um, you have to correct my pronunciation if you remember or know. Yeah. Um, that was right, Aritzar. Okay, Aritzar, okay, great. And there was like coding of places vaguely so that the reader is like making connections to various continents across like our IRL world, like Europe, Asia, Mesoamerica, Africa, obviously. Um, but like also from, from names of people and characters and places to climates to like the main exports that these places would have to like the illustrations actually on the map on the inside cover are like it, down in Quetzala. There's like a, I can show you, there's like a, one of those pyramids yeah you know like the like the aztec mesoamerican style pyramids that even looks like the bottom of south america (laughs) right exactly and then there's like different animals represented like biraslav is a wolf in the north and like there's sheep in mayway and they talk about like you know the place names sounded like scottish or whatever it's like Pangea. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So that, I thought that that was, um, you know, a cool way of making it like defamiliarizing it and yet also having like little touchstones for people to be like, yes, this place is in the north. It's colder. People are whiter and also more <laughs> puritanical, you know, <laughs> it just like kind of made sense. Yeah, it was really cool to like, I think you mentioned this somewhere else, but like we did travel a lot in this story to see different places, but not in like a boring way. Um, yep, yep. <laughs> but it was cool to like see the different areas and like the different cultures and like very distinct and very cool because Teresai like understands all the language. Like she's learned all these languages through her like private tutoring. So she like knows the cultures and the language and she's like communicating with people and people are like, wait, what? <laughs> Which I appreciated. We like had this black girl with all this knowledge she's very smart you know speaking different languages very understanding of different cultures and so it was cool like see those interactions take place agreed agreed yeah the lodestones the like magical like traveling between places this is what like i definitely wanted to talk about this with you because i was like i bet you loved this oh my gosh yes i was like jesse will adore this this is great and also it's like yes it's fantasy people invent magical ways to travel quickly like why not we don't have to walk through the forest necessarily like eat a plant and then disappear and reappear 30 miles away do you know what i mean like it is fantasy the rules don't apply i know and it's like so it's funny because i watched on the newest season of shadow and bone and they didn't do that whole thing like where the second book is basically just like mal and alina walking around talking um (laughs) maybe that was in the first book i don't remember i never really liked those books that much but uh like i don't see the need for it like just move the action forward if you want them to talk about things like show don't tell like come on like get it together people and this book did that wonderfully (laughs) i also feel like like we're already talking about the magic but like a lot of the world building comes through the magical system and so we might talk about some of that in ones out because so much is tied up in like these magical abilities that we're seeing from different people but i thought that was like kind of cool to see like the magical systems and how magic is treated in the different areas and by different groups and stuff totally yeah 100 percent. 
we can leave it for 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 ones out but yeah suffice it to say that the core conflict of, is a treaty with demons for human children's sacrifices in the underworld so yes it's all very all very magical going on yes <laughs> uh one thing i really enjoyed was the call and response and the religious ceremonies uh you see this a lot in black churches and black communities and the author of this book is black and it takes place in like um black communities so it was really cool to see this represented in the story um because it's something that I feel like uh, sometimes white people are very uncomfortable with, like, and joke about, like, black people talking, like, during movies or, like, different kinds of gatherings. But it's just, like, a normal part of our culture. So I appreciated seeing that in the story. I'm glad you brought up the rituals because, like, that was definitely, they were very grounding and, like, structuring for, like, the time and how it was moving forward and how, like, the characters understood themselves within their society. And, yeah, rituals. They're great. They're important. Um, yes. As a white person, I don't get it always. <laughs> so I'm just trying to figure it out also. You know what I mean? Like, because we didn't learn it or the ones that we learned were uh, not ones that we want to repeat. So Please do not. <laughs> no, we're, we're trying. We're trying over here. <laughs> let's discuss all things magic oh me okay sorry (laughs) (laughs) i just spaced out for a second as i hinted at in the previous section the treaty of renewal i believe it was called which was like the what the original empire emperor like a deal that he struck with the demons, the abiku of the underworld in order for them to not like come above ground and just like wreak havoc on everything was that he agreed to sacrifice like hundreds of children who have to go venture into the underworld, like 11 year olds, 10 year olds who have to go into the underworld. And one of the core problems is that like this burden isn't evenly distributed and only children from Songland, which is a peripheral, em- which is peripheral to the empire and was like, no, thank you. I don't want to join your colonial like charade. It's an Eastern peninsula guarded by mountains. But it's also like about a blood sacrifice that all these council members of different regions have to like make onto an old shield. And it happens every hundred years, but it also felt like it was happening more often than that in the story. I don't know if you thought that. I was a little confused around this whole thing, but. (laughs) But it's also like the council members of different regions have like different kinds of blood, I guess. And it's like about balancing whose blood is whose. And since like, quote unquote, isokens, which are what they call people who parents of different cultures, they're like taboo. And so, yeah, there was like a blood part that I didn't feel like was fully fleshed out. I love a pun. So there we go. Um, I don't, what did you think about this? Like, am I totally off base? Am I right? Like, what's going on? Do you do you recall? Can you help orient me? Um, I think I'm going to be very little help to you because I, this part was like a, a bit confusing to me. And in my head, you know how sometimes when you're like reading a fantasy novel, you're like, this doesn't make sense. I'll get, it'll be dealt with later i'm like maybe this will be dealt with in the second book i expect some level of confusion in a fantasy book at least in the beginning but this part was like confusing to me um and like i don't know what was going on (laughs) but but not so much that i was like taken out of the action or like wanted to put it down or anything but okay i'm not the only one okay cool but i also think that some of it's like tourist side doesn't 100 percent know what's going on either and so because we are like with her all the time we might find out as she finds out more in the next book kind of thing it's true she is like 18 at the end or 16 at the end or something right so yes lot to learn (laughs) lot to learn 
I loved how many different beings there were, not just humans. There were like the Tututsi sprites, I think they were called, the Alagbato, like Melu, who I think were like fairies, fae kind of creatures, right? Or djinn or something like that. And then we also had like the demon folk who are the Abiku, who I'm like curious about the underworld. And I think we'll see more of that in Redemptor, right? Because Tarisai goes to the underworld or that's one of the packs that she makes at the end. But yeah, I appreciate how we saw th- they were just like woven throughout the entire world. And I, I, I appreciate when sometimes I like a non-closed magical system where it's like we don't have to be secretive about our, our power. And that's not like one of the main conflicts of the story, you know? Yeah, it's nice to just like have it all laid out on the table. And I guess technically Taurus I is two things. She's like half Alec and then half human so she's also there's like some like undercurrents I think of biraciality going on in the story that maybe we'll see play out more in the second book obviously I'm interested in that as a biracial person so it'll be interesting to see where that kind of goes and like what are the consequences quote consequences of that (laughs) because like in the book we're talking about like different like species almost instead of like just different racial ethnic groups so um it'll be interesting to see like if anything comes of that i don't know yeah that will be really interesting and then also because lady like her counsel was she specifically sought out those isoken folks like who are you know mixtures of different cultures and regions and potentially skin colors or and like traditions and stuff like that um yeah, it'll be really interesting to see where it goes. And then also the Alagbato part was like Lady enslaves Melu essentially, right? And turns him I into in like a djinn that has to like answer her or like fulfill her wishes or something. Yeah. And I don't understand if that was like part of his power. Like he's like a djinn and so much as he has to like grant these wishes and until he's granted them, he can't be free or whatever. So... Yeah, I don't really know what the deal was there, but it was also hard because that was like kind of at like Taurus I when she was like very young age kind of talking or, you know, like narrating. Um, so I I don't also know if like she has some confusion as well. <laughs> and, you know, confusion, the chaos is where the good stuff gets made. So it's all good. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> I guess we should talk about Taurus I's magical power. She can see people's past they call it like a birth gift and hers is seeing stories. And then we also see that eventually we see that she can also do that with like physical items, like with that drum yeah, thing, whatever that, you know, it was yeah, a drum. Yeah, it was drum. Yep. Okay. Uh, but like, that's her medical ability. Yeah. And then she can also like take them away from people, which is interesting. Yes. Yeah. Cause she did that with her like little boyfriend (laughs) yeah she's like take she's like giving people good dreams and taking away Mm -hmm. their bad dreams and i'm like man that would be a very useful uh power to have to give to your friend group your chosen family group so like they called these also hallows which i like that word i think it's cool but i was a little confused about whether or not that was like a universal thing like everyone has their gift or if like only some people had hallows i mean we really only see this essentially like chosen few Right. The like the cream of the crop that actually get chosen to be like the Council of Eleven or whatever. I wouldn't be surprised if it's like all, you know, various people have magical gifts and certain people get like are in have the circumstances to be able to develop them. Right. Like Tori Sai and they're like a lot of privilege in order to be able to like educate it and have all these resources and stuff like that. 
Yeah, or we might see that like some people have like smaller amounts of magic and then like Taurusai and the other 11 have much more. Um, And obviously they have to like pass this like weird little test or whatever, (laughs) which I guess brings us to the Council of 11. They bond with the king, which is a little iffy, not just with the king. And the closer he gets to being bonded with his 11, the safer he is, like, as as he forms his council of 11. Um, because, like, it has to do with, like, the ways that he can be killed, which was weird and very different than, I think, some things we've had before. It gives me, like, Arthur, King Arthur, like, Knights of the Round Table vibes. I'm just all about the vibes today, I guess. We're just um, vibing over here. We're just vibing. Our virtual t- wormhole of this recording. <laughs> Yeah, it was given like King Arthur roundtable vibes. And yeah, so that was that was an interesting aspect of the story about like, how do we kill the king? We have to like kill the people who are close to him so that we can get closer to killing him. (laughs) And only the people close to him can actually like kill him, which is what ends up happening with Lady at the end, which is and Wu In, which is interesting. Yeah. And like and um, the king. So... (laughs) Maybe this kind of segues into Get Me Kylo Ren a little bit or like Knives Out, but like the fact that it's done with children who are like 11 and 12 years old, you know, it's like, mm, we got, yeah, that the Empire is willing to crush small beings in its wake. It does not care whether or not they are human sacrifice, children sacrifices to the underworld or they're like children sacrifices to the no- to the court, essentially, right? You're just throwing them to the wolves over here. One other little magical tidbit that I thought was cute was the Ray speaking. I like the telepathy kind of. It's like like you can't read people's minds, but you can like send messages. It's like texting, like mental texting, which I thought was kind of fun. <laughs> See, like also Akamath vibes. I'm really yeah. On you're right. This you're vibe. right. Like speaking through the bond. <laughs> exactly. You you were picking up the vibes before you knew why you I know, were making I the just... connections. It's just <laughs> amazing. Reading too many books is the problem. <laughs> All right, well, I guess we're kind of here. Knives out. Let's Knives talk out. about it. We have Taurusai's mom, the lady, uh, who calls Taurusai made of me, which I, I'm just vomiting sounds. So um, bad, so bad. She literally has a kid to fulfill her revenge plot, and then she's upset when Taurusai doesn't want to go along with it, and then she forces her to. It was just like, oh my God, like somebody kill her mom already. Like this is ridiculously, like this, it was just, ugh. I just did not like her. Not at all. No, no. She was like so absent and strange. And then like the reunion slash reunions when ladies imprisoned toward the end, just like with the relentless gaslighting and manipulation. There's this quote from page 254 where Tarasai is reflecting like about her mom. She spoke with such calm certainty. I began to doubt my own memories. Like gatekeep gaslight girl boss you know yeah <laughs> and it's just like so heartbreaking and i thought that especially in those scenes if does like an amazing job showing how like instinctually our trauma responses and old family patterns come online like aka immediately and subconsciously it's like not some it's like awareness is helpful but like it takes a long time to repattern and to be even aware of our patterns and how we fall into them yeah it'll be interesting to see how taurus i like kind of deals with that in the next book um like with this kind of like trauma but she's also like she doesn't want her mom to die so yeah she's like walking this line a little bit and of course the current ray bear slash king who like turned his back on his sister because 
when he realized like she was powerful and a ray bearer that was just like I did not see that coming like I knew something was up with the king but I didn't realize that like Torsai's mom the lady was gonna be also a ray bearer and that like <laughs> the person that everyone is trying to get Torsai to be with I don't remember that kid's name um Dio is like her cousin <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah I didn't put that together <laughs> so also Game of Thrones vibes <laughs> oh my gosh there it is yeah, very yeah. court intrigue, you know, when mm-hmm. we got to, like, the council stuff. Yeah, and just, like, the kind of going off of that, the empire, and earlier on, there's, like, a, a dog whistle, you know, the greater good <laughs> is definitely a dog whistle for, like, assimilation and silencing. And then we also had the unity edict, which, how do you pronounce that dude's name who got thrown off the building? That is that at chose out of something he was the he was the guy from the scottish place from mayway okay. from the place with the sheep if i didn't write it down i don't know i literally have to write out their it's names spelled, how they sound to I, me. I can i can picture how it's spelled when i was reading it <laughs> t-h-a-d-d-a-c-e and i'm like i have no idea oh the wait H-E? there's a holy shit know. there's a glossary oh wait hold on does We're it have going. pronunciation guide yes nice i oh. love that let's see let's see is it oh and it has like a it has like a cast of characters nice Thaddeus. okay okay (laughs) Thaddeus. we did it (laughs) we figured it out but yeah the assimilation and silence and the unity edict and it's yeah what yeah i I just really thought that ifueko did an amazing job crafting a character who like so deftly was able to take her power and figure out a way to make it like the the whole like the the person bringing the case to the, that this like high council member had like caused marital strife because they couldn't name their kid couldn't figure out what to name their kid and stuff i just thought this was like genius on tarsai's part and just appreciated how we follow along with her and her moral compass because you know i agree with what she's trying to do <laughs> yes i mean i probably there'd be some more you know stabbing or murder if i was involved just otherwise i agree with what she did <laughs> Onward, magical friends. Just as one does not simply walk into Mordor, one does not simply read fantasy without talking about representations of race, class, gender, and ability. This is our segment about power and bodies and how they relate. So we kind of talked about this a little bit in the world building um, section, but there are a lot of prejudices. There's a lot of prejudice (laughs) in this world, depending on where the groups of people are from, which obviously translates very well onto our real world um i think we see this kind of a lot in books written by black women um as they kind of try and talk about these issues for young people in a way that maybe is a little more digestible to them but i i I appreciated how this worked in the story and i think the mapping of that worked out really well definitely there were certainly moments like do you remember that like one ceremony kind of maybe a third or like halfway through the book where shit goes like hits the fan and like the abigo the demons are coming out and then the people are literally only saving each other like themselves they're like literally self selecting and segregating in the like Mm -hmm. whole melee yeah that was like that particular scene it comes to mind when you're when you bring this important point up for sure um we have a binary gender system definitely you've mentioned already like the obvious very obvious sexism with the like only men can be ray ray bearers thing which has, which is a fiction that the men in power have had to perpetuate through the erasure of knowledge and burning things. And Sounds familiar? <laughs> exactly. It's sound familiar, sound familiar. It's like the witch trials or something. 
so sexism not cool yeah another no. another villain for the knives out section yes yes one thing i thought that was interesting that i almost put in wands out in the magical section but i thought it'd be interesting to talk about here is the council sickness and kind of this like it's almost like a recoil for being so bonded and having so much power with this core group of people is that when they are spend time away even like a few hours it sounded like you could start getting like fatigue or like a fever or like I don't know eventually it seems like your organs start shutting down or whatever (laughs) if you're away from everyone for long enough and you're far enough away you know so um I just thought that that was like a an interesting way of like putting almost like a balancing like a double the other side of the coin of the magical power um that I appreciate that Ifueko was thinking about that and put that in the story yeah also just like an interesting way to think about like the bonds that we create with other people and like the ways that we might feel when we're like away from them because I think you know in our real lived world we do not everyone obviously but people do often form like strong bonds with people and I know like the saying is like absence makes the heart grow fonder but I do wonder if it's like a little more of like absence makes you feel worse so um, it's just like an interesting way to also think about like the bonds we create with people and how strong they are so that was interesting I love how you took that to the metaphorical or like the emotional (laughs) realm yes more of that I love that (laughs) One thing that was like a thread that it seemed like the author was pulling later on in the story with especially the ladies case is this connection between madness and criminality and how we try to associate the two when in reality they're not necessarily causally related, you know, you know, thinking about all the bad stuff that happens in the U.S. with guns and things like that. But yeah, the ladies case specifically, it's like the the whole like charge of madness and going crazy and hysterical we see this being used against a powerful woman who the empire wants to discredit. And yeah, she is, you know, has done a lot of terrible things. And at the same time, it's like, I'm sure if you put it, like if you were trying to compare it against the emperor, it'd be like a wash. You know what I mean? The person doing what they could with their circumstances and what they knew how to do. And at the same time, causing a lot of harm along the way. Yeah. 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 We do see this like a connection for some reason between like, women doing bad things and madness yes yes <laughs> um, totally and like as if it's you know the womanness of you that makes you go crazy or something and i think yeah you're right yeah and i think uh, like if Waco is like obviously speaking to that with the lady in particular um now the lady is a bad person but that doesn't have anything to do with like madness or quote-unquote craziness or something right exactly exactly And because I talk about them when they show up, um, as a practice, there are prisons. We see those for the plebes, which are like literally on the ground level and they're like kind of shut away from society. And then we see those, the the prison for the VIPs, essentially, the very important prisoners (laughs) (laughs) that is like this tower. And that just seemed like just very structured to be very torturous, you know, the conditions of like complete exposure to the elements and to other people surveilling you and and also we're going to push you off of it <laughs> exactly exactly the constant threat of just like falling off the edge but yeah i just think it's important to bring up whenever we see or i don't know just kind of like thinking about how what we do with people who break rules that our society sets and how we like how systems of punishment work and how we're potentially like perpetuating them right so yeah yeah just thinking about it 
thanks for thanks for adding it in all right it's finally time for shipwrecked a segment about asexuality actually this time exciting (laughs) sex romance and relationships and sometimes we take liberties and do some shipping of our own Something I found really interesting in this story was that the Ray Bear didn't get married, but he, because of the, at the beginning we think it's only men that are Ray Bears, um, would produce heirs with his protectors. But it was like also odd that the Eleven weren't supposed to be like having sex with each other or other people other than the like Ray Bear. It was very confusing, but also I was just like, this is an interesting concept, and like people wouldn't know who was the kid's like mom. Hmm. It was just a very odd situation and something very different that I don't think we've seen in our YA novels before. No, I was like, what is a polycule called when it's like a dodecahedron, like made of 12 (laughs) people, you know, like a dodecahedricule? (laughs) How do you even know that word dodecahedron? Because I'm a fucking nerd. I don't know. (laughs) I've never even seen that word before. (laughs) Well, I'm pretty sure that's what, well, I'm just gonna, because I'm paranoid now, dodecahedron. I believe you that it is the right word. I'm just like, I've never seen that word in my life. It's a... polyhedron with 12 flat faces wow so this is impressive big vocab words coming out today (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah i really liked this it was very like it was a way of like complicating this idea of like a nuclear family system and at the same time we do see tarisai struggling with like the people's like projections onto her that she's gonna like have dio's children because they like they're vibing essentially people watching them vibe from the outside and are like they're obviously gonna reproduce but also it's her cousin i feel like people are not gonna feel that way after this (laughs) exactly (laughs) once that comes out they're gonna they maybe they'll they'll re-eval yeah Um, (laughs) but it but it did seem like fattus and mbali i think were like two of the the council members of the the ruling emperor dio's dad and they're doing it so yeah. like clearly everyone's doing it or well, we pe- some see, people like, aren't but some yeah. people are and it's like maybe well, it's we just like see... the sexy secret workplace romance or something like what yeah. is hr gonna say i know because we kind of see i feel like dio is gonna like kind of change these roles or whatever maybe him and tara side together but we kind of see like the girls are doing like their day of pampering and like a spa day basically mm-hmm. and they're all talking about like the people they would want to hook up with or you know chatting about it or whatever so it's obviously going on right. even if you know it's not public knowledge but it's not going on with dio so <laughs> i love that for him yeah 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 so we have tarisai and sanjit who are one of our main ships i thought it was cute i liked the slow burn we had i think a fade to black scene which is fine yeah i just thought it was sweet there was a very the author did a good job like or, or was really focused on like untangling this emotional or like building their emotional connection, I think, until it gained a certain traction. But it was very cute with like the cowry shell and how Tarasai was like facing her fear to walk across coals. And then turns out she's like immune to fire damage. So that's serendipitous, helpful for her. And then it seemed like the rest of the council was cool with it once they figured it out. So it's like, yeah, maybe just let's air let's air out the laundry and then it doesn't become dirty. Yeah. Well, and it's like interesting too, because uh, I think we see like Sanjeet is initially like very wary of Torasai when he finds out like that she tried to kill Dio, you know? Um, But like, it was also cool to see them like kind of work through that issue. (laughs) 
don't yeah. think trying to kill someone is like an issue, but you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> you know, just your attempted homicide. Just your attempted we'll just homicide. Just process it. My it's- only like complaint, so this kind of goes with my next point that Dio is ace, but which is great. We love to see representation because we often don't get that. But now that Taurusai and Sanjit are a thing, then it also like makes this pathway to like future children that can be ray bearers, which I'm kind of like meh about, but that's also fine. Like Taurusai will probably be a much better mother than her mother was, but um, you know, that, that kind of like, oh, we got Dio as ace. He doesn't maybe want to, you know, procreate and continue on the family line but now we have Taurusai to take up that mantle and have children and blah 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 we've quote-unquote fixed that problem or whatever yes the reproduction the reproduction question yeah yeah like how is this hereditary essentially oligarchy going to keep going you know perpetuating when it seems like at the same time Taurusai is trying to be like yeah I don't like empire that much and but it's like I'm but she's doing like reforms to then strengthen yeah. the empire at the end of the day. So yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But who knows? Maybe uh, what's the next book called? Redemptor. Maybe we'll see that Taurus I does not want to have children and that will complicate things even more. <laughs> now we're going to talk about writing style, narration, characterization, plot structure, and basically whatever else comes to mind and kill your darlings. I feel like we haven't read a lot of YA books where we start the story with like a prolonged period of time where the main character is pretty young. Um, I thought this was really cool slash interesting to see how Taurusai became like the young adult we see throughout the rest of the story. And I think it'd be kind of nice to see this in more books, especially when we're dealing with like childhood trauma, that sort of thing, to like put it more directly on the page, especially books that are for like young adults, maybe not middle grade books, because I think like pet doesn't really get into that but we see it more and bitter so i think i kind of appreciated seeing this in the book something we don't often see definitely i'm glad you brought this up i completely agree and then it was like beefed up or made even like more robust because the author figured out a way to have like time pass and to be able to move to to like spatially and temporally move the plot forward in ways that that didn't feel like then we were reading five years worth of like daily of like her diary of what she was doing every single day you know what I mean it's like a memoir you don't want to read like what people's writing in their journal every day you know it's like (laughs) you have to do a little work to put it on the page for me in a way that I'm like interested in reading it but yeah like you said put it put it on the page directly instead of just like a flashback or maybe even a flash that would be a way to do it too but for sure and then we got to see like her voice change too which was Mm -hmm. kind of cool to see the author using those those skills to like grow this character up in a short amount of time yeah yeah it was really good really well done a word that i had forgotten about until if used it and is so it's so good caterwauling don't hear it often caterwauling it's such an excellent word it's just like so strange but all, like cacophonous and chaotic and i just loved it like we're just like so cool. words <laughs> <laughs> apparently it's all alliterative here <laughs> Okay, so I mentioned at the top about that I was like a big fan of the book design. It really is beautiful. The like the naked book is purple and gold. Oh, nice. Very pretty. And it's got the amazing, you know, it's got Tari Sai with her gorgeous afro and everything on there. And then like the cover design, like the the jacket, is that what it's called? Dust jacket? Yeah. Thank you, librarian. <laughs> Bookmaster. Bookmaster. Book witch. Like the page master in the friggin' movie. Do you remember that movie? <laughs> 
It's been a while. Yeah, not very well. <laughs> <laughs> the one with Macaulay Culkin in it, but yes. not Home Alone. But yeah, the the cool map was beautiful with the illustrations. There's like really lovely graphic designs actually that I'm also going to show you and hold up to the camera. Nice. But it reminded me of it's probably like those wax dyed pattern prints, and so this oh, is yeah. what separated out like the part one part two part three oh. or whatever and i just thought like those patterns are gorgeous. gorgeous they're geometric and just like so striking and like a visual a place for the eye to rest but also be interested and then also for your brain to be like okay we're switching to another part of the narrative i just thought that the book design was was well done top to bottom okay and then finally appreciate the list of characters in their home regions which we have already consulted to be able to mm -hmm. pronounce thaddis and there's also a handy glossary, which I um, foolishly didn't consult at all when I was doing my show notes <laughs> until I reached this part, which is the end of the episode. So, um, yeah, even there's like words that I like, gale, like, I don't remember that, but it's a headdress made of elaborately folded, bright, starched cloth, you know, like, I don't oh, remember yes, that. Oh, yes, I know what that is. Okay, see, <laughs> like, yes, things that I probably should have gone and actually read. So, yes, do that. I think everyone. that's a real thing. Like, yeah, in real I think life, it is. Like, thing. in Fufu, the, the cassava flower and water. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Nice. So, anyway, oh, we love glossaries. That. Very helpful. Before we end, it's time for Real Talk. Did reading this book make your perspective change in any way, or did it make you interrogate a concept or system or trend that you hadn't before? Surprise, surprise, everyone. I wrote something this time. <laughs> what did you write? Lay it on us. The lady trying to like justify her actions by saying she did the thing, she did things the only way she knew how is like bad parenting behavior 101 bad parents who don't take responsibility for their actions i was just like i mean you can see this like all over tiktok when it's like someone complaining you know not complaining but trying to like talk about their childhood trauma and their mom being like i'm sorry i was such a bad mom you know what i mean like it's just like so gaslighty that i was like mm -mm, nope not not having it <laughs> yeah if it was so, yeah. like hitting the boxes of all of these you uh -huh. know things or like the the also the part like in the reunion where they're where she's like gaslight girl boss and then also the classic strategy of withholding all of the information and then weaponizing your trauma at a certain at one time to then like yep. win an argument and make a point it's just like classic mm. strategy yes. but we're not here for it please don't do that no no Ugh. anyways yeah it was very annoying but i think um annoying is not even the right word it's a terrible thing that people do um don't do this to people but also uh, I think if Waco read it, like wrote it so well and it was just like very realistic and yeah, she did a great job. Um, oh, I forgot to write a quote <laughs> that I was going to, I introduced it and then I forgot to put it down. So anyway, we'll just skip that and I'll edit this okay. out. But like the concept of a belly song is something I wanted to put up here, which is like Kira talks about it and kind of introduces it as like, it's kind of like your one purpose TM and I was curious what your thoughts are on this because I'm a little conflicted, I think, because of like the I, the thing, I think just being like such a, a bit of a tornado person and like a multi, like a polymath and a multi-potentialite who's like doesn't want to focus on one thing or cannot also maybe. Yeah, I, I feel like the, 
there's like a pressure almost to like find your one gift or your one purpose or something. And then like, I don't know if that like leaves room for exploration or for you to be able to change when like something happens to you or, or just because you come to a different understanding of the world and what you want to be doing in it and your capacity, or if you become disabled and your purpose has to change or your purposes change, or I don't know. So I have more questions than answers that I, that I threw <laughs> into here, but I was, I was curious what, what you thought about this. Yeah, I feel like this comes up a lot in like YA books and especially in like chosen one stories. I don't believe in having one purpose. Actually, I'm not sure I believe in having a purpose at all. <laughs> um, okay, say so, more. Liberate <laughs> me from this. <laughs> yeah, Just kidding. so I, I don't like what, I think people create meaning for themselves in whatever capacity that is. And sometimes people create this idea of a purpose, but I don't believe there's anything like higher some higher being that can give me a purpose um i think i create what my life is going to be and i make those decisions so yeah i don't believe in having a purpose i believe in having an idea of how you want to live your life and the meaning that you give to that and for me like for example like i want to have time to bake and knit and hang out with my husband and my cat and just like live a very soft life that to me is the meaning i've given to my life and I work to make that possible. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't think I believe in having a purpose. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Nice. That's yeah. why I love being in conversation with you. Cause you always give me things to think about. <laughs> and, <laughs> but and, it's also okay. If people think differently, that is just my take. People can believe in a higher power or having a purpose or whatever. I just, it's not for me. <laughs> yeah. And I do think you, you make a good point about it being, specifically related to chosen one stories because I was mm -hmm. I think I was mistakenly being like why is this all over YA all the time and I'm not sure it is I think it is a lot about I think it is often in YA fantasy when the person's trying to find like their their power which is often correlated I think to purpose like how do you you like find your magical abilities and use aka use your power slash gifts or whatever I don't know you want to call it and then it's about like channeling it towards some sort of outcome or something but I think like more of like a, a more of like a a council of virtues or something that like orient your life and then you're constantly balancing you know how you're like moving away or towards different poles or different yeah I don't know I, I just I like the idea of a belly song in that like you know it's something that's visceral and it comes from you and it's like almost related to intuition I feel like you're like oh I'm being pulled in this direction this feels like what I need to do and you know I feel like when we're unlearning a lot of like societal programming or like, you know, how we need to be for other people and you're learning how to be for yourself. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's a whole thing. Well, and I think it's kind of difficult because I, I mean, we definitely see this in like YA fantasy novels, especially chosen one stories. I think we also see it in like contemporary romance and like the idea that like you have this one true person but I do think sometimes like in our society, we see this as like, what are you meant to do? And it comes down to like labor. Like, what am I meant to be? Like, what is my purpose is what my job is. And I just, I don't like that. My purpose, you know, in the words of James Baldwin, I do not dream of labor. <laughs> uh, like, 
and I, so I feel like in, in our real lived world, it turns into like, what am I supposed to do with my life? Like what job am I supposed to do that will give me some kind of like add meaning to my life? And it's fine if that's what people want to do. But for me, I'm like, what, what can I do to live the life that I want to have? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Getting philosophical today. <laughs> it really did get deep cuts down there. Ooh, real talk. Ooh, so deep. Sorry if people don't like that. I love philosophy. It's 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 a fun t- it's fun times. I love talking about these things. Me too. Same. Okay, I have to go get the Let's card. Let's see if the questions. card questions will offset it. <laughs> All right, one second. I'm curious if the microphone picks up my my knees cracking when oh. I got out of my chair to get these. <laughs> Apparently, We're that's literally old. called crepitus, like oh, from no. the word my knees do it all the time. Like that's oh. what it's called, crepitus. Wow, I know, right? I didn't know that. But and you're really in on the c words today. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is a hard question to answer, but I will read it aloud in the interest of transparency because I keep getting called when I edit the episodes. <laughs> I'm like, Jesse keeps calling me out on not reading the questions that I throw. You don't out. have to if you don't want to. Um, I just how- think it's funny. <laughs> no, I'm doing it. I'm doing it now. How does this book fit with the author's whole body of work? It's the oh. debut. It's the debut. And it's yeah. quite the debut, I will, I will say. Yeah. So I'm not sure. We will see. We will see. It's a future question. Let's let's answer that when we do Redemptor, if we do Redemptor. <laughs> if you were a teacher, what question would you ask on the final essay? <laughs> what is this oh. question? This is why I'm like, I need we need to make our own questions. I know. I feel like your belly song slash one purpose question is so good because like... Discuss. Yeah, it's like a discussion. You don't not like there's a right answer, but like what are your thoughts? I think those kind of questions like can really bring out like really good conversations. But yes. also I would not be doing exams, so get fucked. Exactly. <laughs> Ungrading all the way. Fuck off. Yes. A hundred percent. Should we do another one? Yes. You get an A and you get an A. <laughs> what is the main character most loyal to? Herself. Herself. Eventually. Yeah. She has like a moral compass and she's very true to that. And it was cool to see. Like it was, I know that like she struggles a little bit with it, but like she really has these strong beliefs and she sticks to them. Now I do think people should like reevaluate their beliefs every once in a while. It's good for you. But uh, yeah, I thought that was cool about Dorisai. I liked liked her as a character. She's very soft character too, which we don't get soft girls very often in our YA fantasy. So it's true. It's true. We love it. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Library Coven. We'll be back in two weeks for a discussion of Magic Steeped in Poison by Judy I. Lynn, which will be our penultimate episode for the season, mm-hmm. for season five. We're coming to a close, everyone. Um, we'd love to be in conversation with you all, magical people. Let us know what you think of the episode, anything we missed, or just say hi by stopping by the Instagram at the Library Coven. The Twitter is... You know, it's a bit dusty, cobwebby (laughs) over there on the Twitter sphere. We might just not do that anymore. We might just delete it. We'll see. I don't know. Let's see. I mean, we should keep it so no one can steal our name and pretend to be us. Okay, uh, fine. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, You can subscribe to the Library Coven on the podcast app of your choice, and we'd really appreciate it if you would rate and review the show and spread the word to other cool people out there. If you're able to support our labor financially, you can make a one-time donation to us on coffee. You can support us monthly on Patreon or by shopping at our bookshop.org affiliate page. Until next time, stay magical. Bye.